no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> It was all supposed to go so well, you know, like the Premier League was back, you know, fans back in stadiums, it was all supposed to be so good, but it's ended up with an Arsenal embarrassment, a Tottenham win and a United win, so <laughs> I'm stoked to back, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty grim scenes on, um, on Saturday morning when I first saw you then. Yeah, like I pulled an all-nighter for that one, stupidly. Um, and I've never regretted pulling an all-nighter before in my entire life. But like, how do you not get fired up as like... For, as, as Arsenal. As, yeah. as, as any team on the opening day. Like, it should be like the one game you get fired up for all season. It should yeah. be like, we're back. Fans are back. Yeah, especially after not playing in front of fans for such a long time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, back to the 40 <laughs> welcome back to the 40-yard switch. Uh, the Premier League season is back, and oh, contrary to what I've just uh, been going on about, I'm, st- we're, we're, I'm stoked. Are you stoked, Willie? I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, feeling it's, pretty good after the first weekend. Yeah, it's, it's win been... for United, win for Everton. <laughs> Notice how you said he said United first there, not Everton. <laughs> chronologically speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It's it's in all seriousness, it is. It's great to have the the, the Premier League back, uh, despite my uh, own club giving me cause to think otherwise. But no, yeah, we're good to be back, and we're going to break down what was an absolute goal fest of a weekend. Actually, not a single draw, and not a single nil all. Or again, let me rephrase that because obviously there was no draws, but not a single game in where there wasn't a goal scored. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was great. And, like, having fans back in the stadiums was just, like, incredible. Um, yeah. Excited. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, as you've probably already heard us alluding to, we're going to kick it off with what was um, the... I don't know. I don't have a funny analogy for it, but basically Arsenal suck. <laughs> and we lost to Brentford 2-0 on the opening night, Friday night or Saturday morning, uh, Australian time. Yeah, which like I said before, we just we just went up for it. Like, yeah. Uh, and again, this like how first and foremost, how do you not be up for it? And secondly, like I saw a stat later this week that I've already told you about, which is like the total cost of Arsenal's um, starting eleven if Aubameyang and Lacazette had have started, which would have been reasonable to assume had they not gotten ill, and we probably still would have lost. Were, uh, was 50 million more than the price of the starting 11 that Chelsea fielded last year in the Champions League final and 20 million more than the price of the starting 11 that Liverpool fielded against Tottenham in 2019 in the Champions League final. And it's like, our squad is so far off that. And yeah. we've spent all all this money, re- invested this money so poorly. And it's just it's just really like... I know I sound like a broken record every time I talk about Arsenal, but it's really depressing <laughs> to be to be where Arsenal is at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy to hear that stat, and I think the other thing is like the whole value since buying or getting all those players in is like just completely depreciated because of the way the club's been run as Massively. well. Massively. 
like you talk about, you know, Liverpool and Chelsea squad. That's just like appreciated so much because of the way the club's been run. So, and I saw a, a crazy uh, stat today, which was that um, Chelsea have sold a bunch, like probably like eleven players this uh, this 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 off season, and signed one, and they have a net spend of like a hundred thousand pounds. Oh no, sorry, a hundred yeah, hundred thousand pounds. They've bought Lukaku for ninety seven point five million, and the, the all if you add up all the transfer fees of the players they've sold, it's ninety seven point four million. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. How? That's how you run a club. Yeah. That is actually insane. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose you just think of Chelsea every season just spending bucket loads of money, but yeah. It's the same thing last season with the, like everyone was like, oh, they spent 200 million on five players, but they also sold Hazard and Murata for 150 million or something like that. Yeah. So it's not actually that crazy if you think about it. Yeah. It's what happens when... Um, <laughs> I know the clubs run well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually yeah. sell players for money. Um, one thing I've already... Uh, another thing that is uh, my main grievance about Arsenal, aside from the fact that they run terribly, uh, with the Cronkies at the helm of everything and Edu being a really seemingly clueless sporting director, is my main talking point from this is that I know this is going to sound somewhat reactionary to fans who don't follow Arsenal that closely, but as someone who, as you know follows Arsenal a lot like if I'm not watching their games I'm on Reddit every day looking at the ins and outs of what's going on at the club my talking point is how long does Mikel Arteta have and I want to I want to pose this to you as someone who isn't an Arsenal fan who sort of has an objective look at it if you were an Arsenal fan or if you were you know in charge or whatever how long would you give Arteta because I'm getting close I know. I, I suppose before that, before that Brentford game, I, I was thinking like he should he should be given quite a bit more time. But I just think the manner in which you lose to a team like Brentford, you know, with with, with everything that's you know going in Brentford's favour on that day, you know, being a newly promoted side, like to the to one side, like it's just a terrible performance. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think. If if the performances continue like that for another like five weeks, I'd say pretty pretty ready to get rid of him. Because like I feel like the general consensus is he like, like everyone at the club sort of feels that regardless of results he's going to get given to Christmas. But like once the transfer window is finished and Arsenal's brought in everyone that they can bring in, that's two weeks from now. Not even it's like eleven days from now. If the results don't start to pick up within a week or two of that, I'm like, get rid of him at the end of November. Like, honestly. Maybe even earlier. Yeah. Because, like, people are like, oh, it's the first game of the season. Like, you know, it's got to give him time. It's like... But, like, the team played exactly as badly and the same, with that same sort of, like, horseshoe passing pattern of depression that we saw <laughs> and I came to hate last season. It was the same thing, again against Brentford and it's like I've seen this now for almost a year and Arteta's been in charge for a year and a half and pretty much he was in the good graces after the FA Cup win in his first half a season but then from the moment we sort of hit October last year 2020 he the results started to dip and even if we did have a little bit of an upturn after Christmas like it, we didn't have that much of an upturn because we finished eighth. Like, yeah. And we were, and the, and like we were, all, no matter what sort of upturn you're gonna have, we were fifteenth at Christmas. 
Like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not under these illusions of grandeur that we're a big club. Like we're not anymore. Like it's because the club has been run te- terribly. But like we're better than that with the squad of the talent we have in the squad. Yeah, I think maybe you know once once Lacazette and Aubameyang is back in the side, like it, it could pick up again. But yeah, I think if if performances continue like that, I can't see. Him. I don't think you should get that much more time, especially as you say, he's now had a full preseason, a full you know a, a few transfer windows to sort things out, and just hasn't like yeah. I. I don't know what the idea is in the transfer market. Like, I'd, as much as I think Ben White is a good signing, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that's the, the area of priority. Yeah, like, we all. needed two, three positions more more importantly than the centre-back this window. We needed a backup goalkeeper. We needed a right-back. We needed a, uh, a centre-midfielder. And even, you could say, four, we needed another attacking midfielder next to Smith-Rowe before yeah. we needed a centre-back. So, yeah... Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, the, the the signings that he's like Lukonga can maybe look good, but I think as as you've said off air, he's not quite there yet. Yeah, he um, actually he was one of the few positives against Brentford, but like if we're going to be relying on him for the rest of the season, you might as well just pack it up now, honestly. Yeah, I mean he's just too young to be relying on him week in week out. Exactly. And I mean, he was bought. And there's to- so many other areas in your team where you do that already. Yeah, and he was he was bought as a prospect to be like a first team week in week in starter. In two years. Yeah. And like, yeah, while he may all of a sudden surprise us and be good enough and be good enough to start some games this season, you can't be the guy who being like, this is our big money centre midfield signing. Like, no way. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's not dwell on that too much. Arsenal, I mean, it's great for Brentford. It's great. Yeah. On the other hand, it's great for Brentford. Awesome it, was a great, it was a great story. The atmosphere at Brentford Community Stadium, which is, I find is a really funny name for a stadium yeah. in, in the... In the 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 age of Emirates Stadium and and Etihad Stadium and all that one of the biggest money leagues in the world yeah <laughs> I like it um, but yeah like uh, I think the, the coach said like a team that was uh, not more than a glorified bus stop like uh, a couple of years ago and is now wait who said that their coach their coach in the post match <laughs> in the post match um, in, uh, interview that's good ass yeah so like yeah they're, 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 they're a really well run club a well well coached club well run club and I think they'll I don't think they'll quite have like Sheffield United first season bounce it's like some people are saying they will but I reckon they'll, they'll, they'll stay in the league if they continue that the way they play like that yeah that being said wasn't the toughest task for them Opening game, but I just think, yeah, that moment when the ball bounced over Ben's white head, Ben Ben White's head in the six-yard box for the second goal, it's yeah. just that's it's I, just terrible. Ben White could do better there, but that's not 100 percent on Ben White. That whole thing, I've watched that a million times. That's firstly on Pablo Mari just completely missing the header. Yeah. Uh, the ball bounces in front of him and then bounces over his head. That's pretty bad. It's bad, but like a central defender at any level, it's the bad. Ball, the but ball like, doesn't bounce in the six-yard box. Yeah, it's it's bad, but at the same time, like, it, like by the, when when the ball bounces like, and then bounces, even if he jumps, he's not going to get that once it bounces. But like the fact that it bounces in the first place is Pablo Mari's fault. Like he literally like jumps and just misses the header and it goes past his head. But it's bad from everyone. But I, I feel like. Ben White copying all of the criticism for that when he was miles better than Pablo, Pablo Mari for most of the game. Yeah. But, but like, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty big moment. But like, as, again, but I feel like it's, it's not 100% his fault, that one, because Pablo Mari misses the header, which is the reason it bounces in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. But anyway, I can't, I'm not going to... 
<laughs> dwell too much on <laughs> these things. But anyway, um, moving on. What have we got next? We've got... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your Man- second favorite team. <laughs> Manchester United leads. What a game. Yeah, the, the opener, goal fest. Um, yeah, it was just great to watch. A game we, we predicted to be a gold fest, just not quite as one-sided as that. Yeah, I suppose that, that was going to be my talking point for it was like, you know, I think, yeah, we predicted like basically what happened between Liverpool and Leeds at the start of last season. Just a very open game, end-to-end, both teams having lots of chances and both teams scoring lots of goals. I think at the start, it looked like that. First maybe 10 minutes... Leeds had like a pretty clear-cut chance. I think it was a header from a dead ball situation. Yeah. Um, I, but I think apart from that and apart from the amazing goal that Luke Ayling scored in the, at, the, at the start of the second half, Leeds didn't actually create that much and United actually looked quite solid defensively. And I'm, I'm wondering whether you think even without Varane, whether that sort of back line has started to gel more and whether United, I don't know, whether they can be just like that much more defensively solid this season? Um, I think they were already a, quite a solid unit last season anyway, especially the back end of last season. Like, like you know, you don't get Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw in the team of the season without yeah. that. Um, but then I, I do think like there's a reason they were looking for an upgrade on Kieran, uh, on uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the offseason. Um, he's he's fine one on one, but like we've noticed before that like balls into the box, he often his positioning is quite questionable at times. Yeah. Uh. So and like that wasn't really something that was tested them in the Leeds game. Uh. And I I also just <laughs> Leeds would uh, United were good, but I don't think Leeds like Patrick Bamford just didn't get any service like yeah. all game. I think the I think the United are a good defensively good team like already I don't think that was a true test of how good they can be defensively yeah but, I just I just think they made improvement like I think after the summer that Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire have had yeah once Varane comes into that back line I think that's going to be one of the easily, oh, no doubt. easily no doubt. if not the best back line in the premier league yeah i think there's there's like like yeah if you look at like it's it's city liverpool and united are like the top 3 best back lines like you could argue chelsea but i just think player for player the other three three teams i said before yeah i reckon are better. they're better than chelsea yeah but um chelsea just are well coached as a unit but yeah i i definitely think that um united had the already had the building blocks there last season and Adding Varane only makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I would like to see... And like I, me saying I would like to see them tested more doesn't necessarily think I don't think they'll be up to the test if they get tested more. But yeah, I was disappointed by Leeds. I was impressed by United, but I was also disappointed by Leeds, especially a team that took it to so many teams last season. Like yeah. they beat City, they, beat, oh, they narrowly lost to Liverpool... Um, took it. I, I mean, to be fair, United kind of had their number because they beat them six two last season. I think. I, I think as much as Leeds maybe didn't look like they were threatening, I think a lot of it had to do with United being so good and like. I mean, we know Leeds is a team who can test the best defenses in the league, and United completely nullified it. I think. Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. I just yeah I. I 
I, I agree, but at the same time, I don't know, like, I just felt left wanting more from certain Leeds players. Like, I thought Rafinha, and there's been a lot of hype from him uh, from last season, he like mis- was misplacing passes and, like, just, like, just, just seemed off. Um, but, th- but then again, like, Luke Shaw is just one of the best defenders in the league, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I I think yes, United will be one of the top three, maybe even top two best defenses in the league this season. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, and and I feel like I I just feel like the, the the way they won, it's a statement, but it's also not a statement. If you if 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 you, if you know what I mean, like it's a statement of we're really good, but I don't reckon it's like the holy shit, that's a marker type yeah. of game. I don't know. I reckon it is. <laughs> I mean, just to each like their own, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, crazy attacking performance, and yeah, maybe not challenged defensively, but who is, the building blocks are there. Interesting too. question: who, 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 who is your man of the match in that game? I think it has to be Bruno. Really, I, th- I, 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 the more I thought about it, the more I think it's Pogba. Like, for I mean, he scored a hat trick, but you know, he he also was doing so much in that game, Bruno. Like, he didn't just score three goals; he was like. I don't know. There were heaps of other moments, like that little flick through ball to uh, Greenwood early in the match. Like, I don't know. There was lots that he did. I agree, but I just feel like the way that Pogba unlocked the de- the, the defense, for the in, especially in the first two goals, mm. those t- first two goals don't happen without him. But they don't happen without Bruno either. <laughs> I mean, that first goal... The first that, goal happened. The, ha- the second goal happens without Bruno. But the first goal... Yeah, I mean, it's a good finish from Bruno, but like the way... And it's a really good first touch. But the way Pogba just like nonchalantly f- first time flicks that over, like there's not a lot of players that can do that. Yeah. You know, it was great to see. But yeah. I still think... Yeah. I, I think still it's think close. when you score a hat trick, yeah. it's pretty hard not to be the man of uh, best on ground. That being said, there's more players that have scored hat tricks than they ha- than, than have got four assists in the game in Premier League history. It's true. It's true. <laughs> anyway, we could talk all day about this. But uh, moving on to our next topic of discussion... Which is the Tottenham City game, which was uh, very surprising. Uh, obviously, Grealish, deb- uh, Grealish debuted for City, their big 100 million man. Uh, and Tottenham played without Harry Kane even in the squad, wasn't even in, on the bench, didn't start. Uh, and But Tottenham came away 1-0 winners. Um, I don't really know. I watched this whole game, like, regrettably, because I stayed up for God knows when watching it. But... It was a weird game. I don't think either team played overly well, but Tottenham won one nil. Like everyone, everyone was like, "Oh, Tottenham! What, what a performance!" Like so, but like, and but like, I watched that whole game. They weren't that good. Yeah. Like they counter, they, they counter attacked a couple of times, and then Son scored a really good goal. But like, could you say that City were on the ropes apart from two chances that Tottenham made? Not really. Yeah. I think people would just see the result and yeah. say, "Oh, amazing, amazing!" But yeah. But uh, my takeaway from this which is, I, I think it's too early to call but you, you know you, you always can ask the question is could Tottenham manage without Kane based on that performance I, I would say like based on that performance alone like maybe they can they can pull it out of the bag on, on certain days in a vacuum yeah, yeah exactly but yeah, the results without Kane will fall off yeah and also like Son fresh off a whole off season not playing obviously was absolutely up for this game but as the games get more and more congested you saw how when he was flat out over the winter period last season when Kane went down how his production dropped off a cliff yeah so I don't 
know if that's sustainable with that team. And again, like they, it worked against City, who were going to like sit at halfway and pretty much just pass the ball all around. The City did also did a similar thing to Arsenal when they passed around in a U shape for a lot of the game, and Tottenham just. Albeit were very well drilled and well marshaled defensively, credit to Nuno, had his players really well drilled, but and then they just hit on the counter with Lucas, with Son, with um, Bergvine. Yeah, but like, is that going to work against a Burnley? Is that going to work against yeah. a team that doesn't just sit and hold the ball for eighty percent of the time? Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's going to be very hard for them to break down teams who, yeah, who they can't hit on the break for sure. Especially when, yeah, your your main attacking options are Bergwijn and Son, yeah, and Mora, who would it's basically just pace with them. Like Son, maybe has a little bit more to offer, yeah. And Bergwijn, I don't know. Yeah, and it's the thing, fast. like, like the reason those three players work were so effective against City, or I say so effective, they were effective, yeah, to a point against City, is because they had so much space to run into to use their pace, like. like when you have a quote-unquote fluid front three, which is what that would be against teams that play a low block like Burnley, like a, probably like a Watford or any of the teams that get promoted, uh, like a Crystal Palace or something like that, you have to have players who are not only quick but have a very good close control on the yeah. ball. And I don't, apart maybe Son, but I don't see the other two. Like Lucas Moura seems to the, na- to, to the naked eye like he would be good in close quarters but he's not really yeah like he he can he can do a quick bit of feet around a player as he's, when he's running at full tilt but he if you give him a pass and expect him to dribble past three players or a couple of players in a tight box it's, yeah. it's he's not consistently shown that he can do that yeah I just think that they'll just miss that you know Harry Kane dropping in deep and just feeding balls into into those three I mean yeah I mean, any team's going to miss Harry Kane. Yeah. If he goes. Is he going to go? That's the thing. Like, if, if you're City, are you worried after this game? Or are you, or City just like, yeah, well, we're going to get Kane in a few days, so we're chilling? I don't think they'd be worried either way, to be honest. I don't think they need to be worried either way. I mean, we saw City have a shaky start to the last Premier League season too and then just hit their stride just before Christmas and were just unstoppable. Exactly. And also, they didn't even have a full-strength team. Yeah. Like, Mendy... And also, Grealish has just joined. He's, he's going he's gonna to take some time to step out of that role that he had in Aston Villa and step into this team at Man City and yeah. learn how they play. There were a few... Up, there was a few times where he's, like, had a shot from that, you know, danger area just um, near the 60-yard box on the touchline where City always cut the ball back. And he's having shots from there. Yeah, I just think he'll take a while to adjust to the system. Another thing I thought was interesting was that Pep played Sterling and Grealish in the same team. And he tried to play... It was almost weird. Like He tried to play Grealish as the left side of centre midfielder and Sterling as the winger, but they like interchanged a lot. Yeah, right. And it, like, it just doesn't work. They just occupied the same space in the pitch. So yeah. I think he's going to realise that now and realise it has to be Sterling or Grealish. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a good headache to have, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> You've got one of the players of the Euros and one of the players of the last season for Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you said, Kane or no Kane, they're still favourites to win the league. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I mean, d- it'd be great to see them. I, I hope Kane does go there. Yeah. I'd I like mean, as, as, as a, as a uh, Arsenal fan and top Tottenham uh, hater, for lack of a better <laughs> word, <laughs> I hope Kane goes too. <laughs> 
It'd be great to see. Um, yeah, so the next game um, was Watford-Aston Villa. Yeah, again, another bit of a shock. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone saw Watford being up 3-0 after 60 minutes. I have um, Aston Villa finishing sixth this season. <laughs> I dropped him down. I dropped him down just before the start. To where? And I think it was past 10th. It was past 10th. Okay. Yeah. And I suppose the, the reason the, the reason why was that I started thinking after losing Jack Grealish, who was carried them for quite a few seasons... No matter how many good players you bring in, it always takes a little bit of time for these players to gel and fill that void that um, Jack Grealish leaves in the team. And, you know, I'm I'm not sure whether that's what you saw with Aston Villa being quite poor on the day or whether Watford were good. But I was wondering what you... I Watford definitely came out up for it. I forgot how good... Uh, Ismail Assar was yeah he's unreal I'm surprised he's still at Watford to be fair yeah Um, I I, I don't know it's tough I don't think like Buendia was a good signing but I don't think he's the answer to Grealish like I saw him wearing the number 10 and I'm like that's a downgrade it's like yeah for sure it's a downgrade like uh, and like but I do also think that their two best wingers weren't on the pitch until 60 minutes in like Leon Bailey and uh, Bertrand Traore one of them assists the first goal, the other one wins the penalty for the second. If they're on the whole game, it's possibly a different story and they probably will be on for the whole game next game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that just might be the thing. They might need a bit, and, you know, Dean Smith might, might need a bit of time to figure out what he does now. Because they've got players there. They just need to figure out what system they're going to use to make it all work. Yeah, I think... I don't, I, I'm, 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 the more I think about it, the more I think me putting Villa... Sixth is was ambitious. That being said, after fifth, it's really hard to pick from yeah. sixth to twelfth. But I do think Villa will like. Well, they won't be sixth, but I do think they will be quite. They'll be they'll be fine in the end. Yeah. I also think that I do think they need to bring in at least one more player. Yeah. the The only thing that I was thinking of when I moved them down as well, if it doesn't gel at the start and things go poorly, you know. There's still a team who was... They were only promoted like a couple seasons ago. And if they start getting anywhere near relegation, Dean Smith will be start like being in trouble. And that's when things get yeah very tricky for Villa. I, I don't th- think necessarily they're going to be in a relegation th- strap, but it's, ve- like, it's very easy to get into it. I think their defense is too good to get relegated. Mm. Like that back four, it's not by any means like top elite, but like top six or whatever. But like, it's just solid. Yeah. Like cash target Mings and Conso is just really with Martinez behind him really solid. Yeah. But yeah, like it's it, it, it. I reckon it could be a little bit rocky for a while. One thing I do think is me putting Watford dead last in my ladder predictions uh, could be a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a small sample. They were very good over the sixty minutes, but they also almost choked. Yeah. At home in front of a full stadium of of their fans for the first time in a while. So. Yeah. Again, a, a lot of these like. Yeah, it's it's week one and like crazy shit happens week one all the time and yeah. aside from the Arsenal game I don't really think there's a whole lot to take from any of the games uh, but like because every team look, is, looks drastically different or or uh, as to what they did last season whether that's players coming back from injury in Liverpool's case or just new blood in the only team that looks quite similar is Chelsea but like they rolled a very lackluster Palace 3-0 anyway yeah so like 
It was an interesting game. It was an interesting game at all. Same with the Liverpool game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was a combination of both of what you said. Villa were poor and need time to gel, but Watford came out of the box hot. Yeah. I still think Watford are one of those teams that will get absolutely slapped by a top team this season, like 5-0. It just yeah. they just always happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I, don't know, I don't know what it is. What was the, they lost like 5-2 to Man City last time. And they lost 8-0 to City one time, like a couple of years ago. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I think... I mean, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how both teams go, but I, I do think Villa will still be top half of top half of the league, despite everything. But anyway, moving on to what was arguably the second, not even arguably, what was pretty clearly the second best game of the round this um, this week, which was Newcastle losing four two at home to West Ham. West Ham looked really good. Like Newcastle looked good, but West Ham looked really good. Like. Yeah, that was a peach of a game. That was a really good game. Absolute peach of a game. Um, my only thing with... Uh, my interesting little talking point here is while West Ham looked really good and Newcastle looked good, but like while West Ham looked really good, I actually think they might... West Ham and Newcastle will, will might finish next to each other in, in the table. Wait, whereabouts on the table though? 11th, 12th. 11th or 12th, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be very tricky, like we've spoken about off there, for West Ham, as good as they look, to keep it up with European football without Jesse Lingard, who was a big part of their campaign. Like, because, yeah, they had that injection of Jesse Lingard, basically, that pushed them up after a good start. And, yeah. Basically, they need Syed Banrama to be Jesse Lingard this season. And, and while he's he, not. And while, and he's while not. He, he looked good against Newcastle and, like, did J- Jesse Lingard things against Newcastle. Uh, like, like, from what we've seen so far, he's not. Like, he could still become that because he's younger than Jesse Lingard, but he's not at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I could be wrong, but I don't know. What I've seen of Cyber Rama is that he was very effective in the championship, and when he stepped up to the Premier League, he just had struggled to be anywhere near as effective. Yeah, I thought that too going into the game. I've seen that he'd been deployed on either wing for West Ham last season and never really got a foothold in the team. But then he was playing the Jesse Lingard attacking midfield role okay. yesterday. Or oh, not yesterday, on whenever it was, Sunday? Yeah. Sunday. And, uh, and looked distinct- yeah, Sunday evening, dis- yeah. distinctively better. But, um, th- yeah, so maybe he's when he's given the chance to play in that role, in he that might role, flourish. Yeah. That's fair, yeah. But, again, Newcastle squad depth. I mean, not Newcastle, West Ham squad depth. Like, I heard of... West Ham fan online, shout out Spencer FC, um, who was like reviewing, previewing West Ham season when he did his own like ladder, ladder predictions. And he's like, West Ham's squad is barely 17 players deep. Like barely. After that, it's just academy players. Yeah. And they've got to play, like it's barely deep enough for a Premier League season, let alone a Premier League and Europa League season. So there are a couple injuries away from really struggling. But David Moyes is a great manager, like a really good manager, but he'll get tested. Um, yeah. But it's, then, yeah. It's very tricky. Yeah, you just think about who, who they've got past Sochek, Rice, Antonio, and Ben Rama. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really not many. But yeah, on the other hand, Newcastle, while they lost, I thought they were they were good. They, were really, they, they, they showed good signs of promise and that was without Joe Willock in the team either I think if you take Isaac Hayden out of that midfield three because they played a 5-3-2 with Callum Wilson and St. Maximan up top 
And then they had John Joe Shelby, um, Isaac Hayden, and uh, Al Moron. Yeah. He has that three. If you take Isaac Hayden out of that and put Joe Willick there. Wait, it's two at the base, right? No, no, no. It was a flat three, yeah. Because, okay. um, yeah, weirdly, Isaac Hayden was playing on the... Who's known as the defensive midfielder was, was playing on the right side of midfield and getting quite decently way up the pitch and Shelby was the most deep-lying midfielder. Yeah. But yeah, I think Joe Willick just technically is a better footballer than Isaac Hayden. Might not be as defensively, quote-unquote, robust, but he's technically a better footballer than Isaac yeah. Hayden. If you're paying five at the back too. Yeah, yeah. doesn't overly matter. So yeah, I think if you take Joe Willick, take Isaac Hayden out, put Joe Willick in that team, that's quite a good team. And I, I think I have them finishing 13th. And that's, I don't think that's that far off. Yeah. Where I think they'll finish. I think I, I think mine was similar. Yeah. There. Like I, I think Steve Bruce, any team Steve Bruce manages, their ceiling is around no higher than tenth. But they'll they'll be much better than relegation this season. Yeah. Even though they were looking like relegation fodder for the first half of last season, they ended up finishing quite well. Yeah. And a very I, th- I think a very important thing for, for Newcastle this season. It kind of comes back to depth. It's just, as soon as Callum Wilson comes out of that side, it, like it changes where they finish on the ladder for me. Like, if he gets injured again for a large period of this season, they're going to struggle. But and if you, he can stay in, I reckon they can. Yeah, yeah, because push, um, push that you know ten mark. Because Newcastle's big forty million man Joel Linton came on for Callum Wilson with about ten minutes to go yesterday oh, on Sunday and did nothing, <laughs> as usual. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought Alan St. Maximum. While he fades in and out of games, when he's on, he's fucking on. Like he's, I, I've said it recently a couple to a couple of people since the game this weekend. He's my favorite player in the Premier League, bar none. Yeah, like it's not even. There's like no one else. Yeah, that was a great moment when he um, made Declan Rice look pretty silly. Yeah, he, and Declan Rice defends that pretty well for like the first little bit, but after like the the fourth cut back, it's just like you can't keep up. Yeah. But yeah, he's just so electrifying. Like every time, like, like he'll get on the ball and all of a sudden beat a player and start an attack. Like five, five, six, seven times a game. And you're just like, if he can just do that on a consistent basis, Newcastle will score goals. Even if he contributes to one or two, one or two goals a game, that's still a crazy output. Yeah. That's the thing with wingers. Like he doesn't have to be influencing the game the whole time, like a central yeah. midfielder. Wingers just have to try things all game and one or two things come off yeah like, and they've, they've given him the freedom to really be two up top as a striker with St. Mac, uh, with uh, Wilson maybe he plays just off him they've given him license to be a winger they've given him license to drop deep and get the ball so literally he can he has free reign to have as big of an impact as he wants to make in that team yeah I just hope that he really just like gets to it because he could be really fun to watch this season yeah I'm sure he will be. I'm sure, he will be. Um, last game. Yeah. <laughs> the boys. So Everton, the return to Goodison Park for the fans, and yeah, it was a great, was a great result in the end. Three, three, one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you sure? Okay. I got nervous and forgot. Um, but yeah, great goal from uh, Abdullah Decore. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. that was awesome. That was an awesome feat. Um. I mean, the first half was a little bit worrying, if if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I saw you. I was watching another game and I saw you guys went one nil down, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, here we go, Benitez out. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I think what was worrying about it was, I don't know, we, we, we just weren't creating that much and like we looked half decent, but then after we went down from a very poor piece of defending from our best center back, Michael Keane, we just seemed to look very, very flat. What, what, what was the, was Godfrey isolating? Pardon? Was Godfrey isolating? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he wasn't playing. Yeah, because I would have thought he was a shoe-in next to Keane rather than Holgate. Yeah, I think, yeah, there, there must be some complications because Holgate is, I'm uh, realizing more and more recently, it's just not up to the task. I, I would have probably had Yeri Mina playing over him, but he, he sat on the bench for some reason. Probably because of the Cup of America, hey? Yeah, but... He's been back from... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very confusing because you've got players like Rashalison going straight in. From the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got players... I think it's just if they've had a bit of a holiday because they go off and, you know... Lose fitness. Enjoy themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think after we copped the goal, we looked quite flat and I was starting to think, oh, shit, here we go again. We're going to just get very negative and not create much. But for the first time in a very long time, after being down a half time, we came back and won. Um, and yeah, there was lots of good signs. I think Richarlison was incredible in the second half. What a summer he's having. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, a, d- a decent finish from some very poor defending from Southampton. Um, and then he got a good assist for for, for Dom's goal. I feel as well. like he has a knack of scoring those like weird goals that just kind of like fall to him in the box and he's just there. Yeah. I've seen him score a couple of those. When I scored it, I was like, yeah, it has to be Richardson for that type of goal. Poacher's instinct, mate. Yeah. Poacher's instinct. But yeah, the, the, the cross for, do- for DCL was on yeah. point. It was really, yeah, it was really that was good. That was classic DCL goal, too. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a very good result. Um, first game of the season to come from behind and win which is something that we haven't done for a very long time and it's a good precedent to set early in the season for yeah sure. and also momentum going into what will be a very big game against Leeds next weekend yeah yeah it's a bit scary yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think maybe a talking point is um, the new Southampton number nine Armstrong Adam Armstrong yeah Adam Armstrong he looked the finish Good. was tidy. The finish was very I watched, tidy. I didn't watch the whole game, so I don't know how he was over the rest of the game. But he was, he was, he was causing issues for our back line. Like he was, he was doing plenty. That looked is he really, really short? Like for yeah. photos, he looks really short. Yeah, he's short. <laughs> he's kind of. I feel like he actually looks like me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big forehead, and he's kind of got short-looking legs. Have <laughs> another look at him. <laughs> um, and yeah, just. Slots him in the top corner as well. That was some finish. Yeah, yeah. that was sick. Um, but yeah, I, I think he created a lot of good things. And yeah, ho- hopefully it can be good for Southampton because I'd it, like to see him stay up. I would like to see them stay up too. Like I I've, I think they'll struggle. And before they signed him, or even after they signed him, before, he, before I saw him play, I was like, yeah, look, it looks pretty grim for them. But like, yeah, he scored 30 goals in the championship last season, apparently. For, for Rovers? Apparently. Damn. Then again, I, 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 I mean... Tammy Abraham scored 30 goals in the championship as well. Yeah, but he's playing for Southampton. Like, if, if Tammy Abraham was playing for Southampton, he, he, I think he'd do yeah, quite, true. quite well. And, like, we talk about Cy Rama and Emi Buendia doing really good in the championship. So, I mean, scoring 30 goals in the championship it's is, and, is yeah, no mean feat. True. It'd be interesting to see who does better in the Premier League this season out of him and Ivan Tony because they both scored 30 goals in the championship last season. Yeah. We should probably double check that stat. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not 100 percent sure. But like, hey, either way, like, I ho- I hope he does well for them because I'd like to see um, Southampton stay up. I still I don't know, but 
Because yeah. just I just think defensively, like I looked at their back line before the game started. I like looked at the lineups and I was like, I don't know a single player in that back line. Like, yeah, that might mean they're just new players I haven't heard of, but also might mean they've just lost all their good players. Yeah, I don't know why Walker Peters wasn't playing. Yeah, that was, that was strange. To me. But yeah. losing Vestergaard's pretty huge for them as well. Yeah, that's bad. But um, yeah, finally, before we close it out, um, let's just focus on uh, our two teams. Uh, you guys against Leeds, how's it going to go? I, th- I think Le- Leeds probably bounced back. I think Bielsa would have um, not been very happy and probably let the players know about it. So I can I can see them bouncing back. Obviously, their first game at Ellen Road with fans in a long time um, in a while. So. Let's go two all draw. Two all that's draw. probably being optimistic. Yeah. Hey, well, you won on the weekend, so why not? Yeah. There's issues there, especially in defence for us. Yeah. Which is where Leeds will be good. So who knows? Godfrey could come back in there. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah. Arsenal. Uh, who, who are you playing? Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. Big Roms debut. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone seems to be like, I've heard this from so many people. They're like, nah, I reckon Arsenal's going to get something from this game. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but that's won't. what always happens. Whenever you think they won't, they, they do. Uh, yeah, but... Let's, okay, let's, let's say this, Wilbur. I'll give you two bucks, because I don't, can't be asked wagering that much money. I'll give you two... I'll, I'll buy you a coffee <laughs> if Arsenal wins... If Arsenal gets anything but um, a loss from this game. Because I think we're going to lose this game like 3-0. I'll take those odds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not wagering anything. <laughs> no, you don't have to wager anything. But if if Arsenal lose, then I don't know you a coffee. But if Arsenal draw or, God forbid, win, I'll buy you a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited to see Rom play. Yeah, me I too. I'm not, exci- I'm, not, I'm not overly excited to see him play against us, but I'm very excited that he's back in the Premier League. Yeah. Also, a little bit sad to see Tammy Abraham leave. Yeah, although he, po- he posted this thing as like a thank you to Chelsea on on his Instagram because he's been there for time. Hey, yeah, it was really sad. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm hesitant to say how well he'll do in another country because just because the English players has track record in other countries. But you know, Jose Jose Mourinho has probably managed him in some capacity before, so who knows what could happen? Yeah. Hopefully, he goes well. And um, I, was, I wasn't going to ask you about your second team, United, because they, they're playing against Southampton, and that should be a route. But yeah, United will win. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, that has been us. Uh, back to regular scheduled programming. Uploads once a week, talking about the Premier League. Wednesday evening, the greatest league in the world. Yeah, Wednesday evening. It's our new time slot. Either I, we either post them on Wednesday or I post them tomorrow morning. But like you know. Wednesday's when we're recording them. Yeah. Nice little middle middle of the week, you know? Yeah. With the, the, lull, the lull to get you through to the next week, end of Premier League action. Yeah, that's exactly right. But yeah, follow us on the on Spotify, follow us on Instagram, all that jazz. Um, and tune in next Wednesday for when I, uh, I'm i on more of a negative downward spiral about the Arsenal Football Club. And we'll have to um, do a, a photo comparison of Wilbur and... Uh, Adam Armstrong, yeah. (laughs) Look forward to that too. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. See you later.